Thank you, Keith. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10 and just uh, hold that in your lap or hold your phone or whatever you have it on. Uh, but find John 10 and we'll be there in just a moment. I want to remind you tonight at 5 o'clock we'll be at the Iglesia de Cristo over on Northeast 20th. And we'll be there at 5. Please come uh, to their auditorium and uh, we will have a time of praise and worship. And uh, then we'll gather into their fellowship hall after you've had a time to kind of tour uh, their building and see uh, their facilities. Uh, they're going to feed us, and it will be a feast tonight. And so they are looking forward to that. They have been working hard, and uh, they are just ready uh, to invite us into their uh, new home tonight. And so we look forward to celebrating with them this evening uh, at 5 o'clock. I want you to picture in your mind a tall, strong-looking man whose clothes are a little dusty, probably a little worn out from living rough. He has scars on his hands and on his feet, even on his face, scars that were caused by attacks from wild animals and other creatures that were trying uh, to get his sheep. But in spite of his scars, this man has a smile on his face. Because you see in his arms, he's holding a young lamb. And as he's looking at this young lamb, and especially into this lamb's eyes, he's kind of laughing a little bit as the lamb kind of bleats. And he's gently stroking its head and even cuddling its closer to himself. And standing around him while he's cuddling this one little lamb are a lot of other sheep doing their thing and looking at him, and they push to try to get closer and closer to him. And he looks over each one of them. He's checking for scratches. He's checking to see if they have been hurt in any way. And if they haven't, he gives out a great rejoice that they're okay. His love for them is evident because of the attention that he gives. And the amazing thing is this shepherd can talk to them, and he not only talks sheep talk, but he talks in such a way that he calls each one out by name, and they look to him. It's almost like as his voice is speaking to them, it's almost like he has their undivided attention. But the beautiful thing is, he doesn't just call out whatever you would to a sheep. He calls them by name. And in his hand, he'll carry a staff like this. It's long. It's wooden. And it has a hook on one end. So... Pay attention, Terrence. <laughs> so if anything tries to get it, he can get that hook and he can fight it off. Now why does he do that? He does that to protect not just the one sheep around him, but he does that to protect all the sheep. 
And if for any reason they start to wander off or they start to find danger, he'll take this staff, and a lot of times they'll have a dog, and he'll do everything that he can to protect his young. You see, the amazing thing about a shepherd is this. He knows what's best for his sheep. And he understands their needs better than they do. I mean, let's face it. Sheep are not very smart. Okay? They cannot make it on their own. If they wander off, more than likely they will die because of all animals, a sheep is the one that has the tendency to not be able to find its way home. But if they stay with their shepherd, which most of them do, they stand a really good chance to not only survive, but they stand a really good chance to thrive because that shepherd will do everything to protect those that he loves. Well, occasionally... One of the more headstrong sheep will kind of wander away because they want to do their own thing and they refuse to obey the call. They refuse to obey the man's command and so it finally finds itself separated from the rest of the flock and so trouble and danger is sure to find its way to this one lost sheep. But here's what I want you to picture in your mind this morning. As you see all of that going on, can you see how this man worries over one lost sheep? I mean, you know, we would have the tendency to think, you know, if just one wanders off, it's not a big deal because, I mean, I've got 99 or 100 or 1,000 around me, so what's one? Well, to that shepherd, what's one is... He matters. And when the one wanders off and the one is not with the rest, it makes a difference because he's lost. And to the shepherd who spends day after day after day with the sheep, he loves them. He cares for them. He gives his life for them. And so whatever it takes to go after the one who wanders off, he'll do that. And so, not only can you see how he worries, but you can also see the determination on this man's face as he goes in search for those that have lost. And then you can see the look of terror on his face as he sees that lost sheep out in the distance. You know, just like with any animals, when they wander off, they're going to get in trouble. And so a lot of times what a sheep will do, especially in the hills of Jerusalem, they would find themselves in rough terrain and dangerous terrain. And a lot of times they would find themselves stuck and they would find themselves in situations where from a distance you think, man, that little sheep is going to fall over the cliff or it's going to, you know, do something that's not right and so from a distance it's almost like that shepherd is reaching his hand out to try to grab it but it's so far away 
all he can do is just continue to walk and continue to search, hoping and praying that he gets there in time to protect it. And then, as the shepherd finds its way to that lost sheep and he's there in time, you can see the look of joy on his face and a sense of rejoicing that he has found the one who was lost. And so, what does he do? You picture this. If that sheep went through rough terrain, where does that shepherd have to go to rescue it? The same path. And so, what he does, instead of trying to stop and take care of his own wounds and his own and bandage his own self up, he ignores his own needs and he goes after the sheep and he'll do everything that he can to care for it and to nurse it back to health. And so, in your mind this morning and in your heart, can you see this man standing before you? And can you sense that not only that he loves you, but that he will go to great lengths to find you? He'll do everything that he can to make sure that you are back where you need to be and where you can feel safe and loved. That's a picture of Israel in A.D. 30. That's a picture of a shepherd loving and taking care of his sheep. And when you read scriptures like we're about to read this morning in John chapter 10 and in Psalm 23 about the Lord being our good shepherd, what a beautiful image that Jesus paints for us that he'll go to great lengths to do everything for those that he loves. Almost 20 years ago, as I was riding a tour bus with the rest of our group, we are looking out over the hills of Jerusalem, and our tour guide says, oh, this is just too good to be true, and he asked the bus driver to stop, and he said, and he comes over the loudspeaker and says, I want you to just look out the window, and all of us are already uh, just staring at the site, and we're seeing a picture like this right here. I mean, it's almost like the good Lord just said, here, I want you to really see this for your own eyes. And he got us out of the bus, and he said, I want you to be really quiet, I want you to just stand to the side here, and I want you to just listen and watch. And so we did that. I mean, we were just mesmerized just watching the shepherd and watching the sheep. And he had his dog, and he started calling them all out by name, just like you read in Scripture. I mean, it's coming true right before our very eyes. And all of a sudden, when you think that he's got them all together, you see one little sheep kind of off in the distance. And again, you know, we're thinking, ah, it's just one. It'll be fine. But then we're reminded, no. That's not right. He's lost. And so you would watch that shepherd and that dog not only call that sheep out by name, but if he had to leave the fold of the others, which he did, 
And he just kept walking and walking and walking. And the closer he got to that sheep, you know what happened, Jimmy? That sheep just kind of stops, and he just kind of looks around, and he sees the shepherd, and it's almost like, oh, you're the answer. You're who I need. So he turns, and they together find their way back to the group. Point made, right? That's the loving God that we serve. And so in John chapter 6, what you see is Jesus is claiming to be the bread of life, but in that scene, he claims to be greater than Moses. And then in John chapter 8, as you turn the page, after declaring himself to be the light of the world, Jesus says that before Abraham was born, I am. And then in John chapter 10, they hear that Jesus is the good shepherd. And in their mind, you know what they're used to hearing? They're used to hearing that God is good, but when it comes to shepherds, who are they thinking about? In their mind, they know about King David. And so to them, God is good, but as far as being a shepherd, that was King David and others. Until Jesus, against that backdrop, is declaring himself, now watch this, to be not only their shepherd, but also to be their God. So you see, in this next I am statement, what Jesus is declaring is, I am the good shepherd. And so everything that you've seen and everything that you've heard up to this point and all the history lessons about Moses and Abraham and David and others, great heroes of faith, but they can never take the place of Jesus Christ the good shepherd. You see, those heroes of faith cannot do for us what Jesus does. They can't offer to us what only Jesus can offer. And so, get this in your mind this morning in John chapter 10, where he says, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, he's a thief and he's a robber. And the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. And the watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And then verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. And just as the good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
and then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, he says again. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me and just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command, he says, I received from my Father. Now, if you go back to the Greek language, there's a number of words that conveys this idea of being good. So here he uses the word kalos, which refers to that which is morally good, but also to that which is beautiful. And so, look at that. It carries, the word good here, carries the meaning beautiful and valuable. Do you see that? In the eyes of the one who matters the most, Jesus. In his eyes, he is good. Right? And in his eyes, you and I and all of his children are beautiful and valuable. You see, in this world, you may think that you don't really matter, but in the kingdom of God, you have value. And that's what matters the most is his kingdom, right? And see, what happens right now, we're in a war, and we're in a battle over kingdoms. The kingdom of the world versus the kingdom of God. Isn't it beautiful to live within the reigns and the realms of God's kingdom? Isn't it good to live in the reigns and the realm of God's kingdom? Thank you. It is awesome to be a part of that kingdom. It is an honor to be a citizen of God's kingdom. Because in that kingdom, you matter. And think about it. In his kingdom, there are countless other children that we've never seen before. There are countless other children that we don't know, but who knows them? The one who matters the most, the good shepherd. And not only does he know them, but did you see what he says? I laid down my life for my sheep. And if I lay it down, he also has the authority to take it up again. He's it. He is Lord and master and ruler of his kingdom. And that's a great thing. But as you see here in John 10, and this is so true in our lives today, here's my question for us today. 
What other voices are competing for the voice of the Good Shepherd? Now think about it. Man, there's a lot of voices that we hear in our minds and in our hearts daily, isn't there? And I want to tell you, a lot of those voices are not good for us. A lot of those voices are not good at all. Those voices have the tendency to lead us astray. Those voices have the tendency to separate us from the Good Shepherd. And did you see the picture that he paints? The sheep will not follow a voice that he doesn't recognize. So that tells me we've got to be in tune with Jesus, don't we? I mean, we've got to be so in tune with him, we know before he speaks whose voice it's going to be. How is that possible? When you're led by God's Spirit, anything is possible. And when you're led by his Spirit, his Spirit will lead you into something that is good, that is beautiful, and that is valuable. Now, I want you to turn to Psalm 23. And I want to read again, and I want us to hear these words in this context with him being the good shepherd. You know, this is one verse in Scripture that if most people don't know much about the Bible, if you say Psalm 23 or John 3.16, those are two that they will remember and recognize right off the bat. It's a pretty good one to recognize, isn't it? And so, listen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the quiet waters. Go back to sheep for a minute. A sheep cannot stand water that's moving. But water that's just still and quiet and peaceful, a sheep will drink from that water all day long. And so... Again, that image and that picture there. He leads us beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How often are we reminded of that passage in the time of death, in the time of sorrow, at the time of grief, how often are we reminded of those beautiful words? 
And do you see what the psalmist says here? The Lord is. He makes me. He leads me. He restores me. And he guides. Only the good shepherd can do those things. And those are all qualities and attributes that we need to follow. Because when we're lost and we're stubborn and we want our way, God reminds us, you're not in charge. I am. And God reminds us, and because I'm in charge and because I'm leading you, there are those times where he can just speak and just make us be still. Are there those moments in life where we just need to shut our mouths and just listen to God and listen to his voice? So right now in the stillness of this room, fairly quiet the sounds that we do hear are sounds of joy right they're sounds of somebody's precious grandchild or kid but it's beautiful but even at that this is what God wants us to do a lot is just be still and know that he is God To be still and know that he's the good shepherd. And so, whatever you're struggling with this morning, whatever sin that's facing your life, whatever's separating you from the good shepherd, he is the one that says, Come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to his voice. Because it's the only one that matters. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be in tuned with the one that has laid down his life for me, don't you? And there's so many times in our lives where we're not, we're out of touch. And we're reminded of passages like this this morning. Beautiful words. Words that touch our hearts. And words that I pray will just cause us to follow him. But we've got to listen. And we've got a choice to make. We can be stubborn. Like a sheep. And we can try to think that we've got it. And we can do it our own way. Lord, I don't need you. How often do we do that? Maybe not with words, but with our actions. God, I got this. Really? Let's see how good you've really got it. So we can keep riding that boat, or we can give in, and we can say daily, not just today, but every day, We can follow his voice.
I am the good shepherd. Father, we love you, and we thank you for being our shepherd. We thank you, Father, for watching over our souls and for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for taking care of us. And Father, for those times where we wander off, in those times where we just shut you out, we repent of those times, Father, and we lay our lives at your feet once again. And we ask you to shape and mold us into the people that you would have us be. Thank you for being our shepherd, Father. It's through Jesus' name that we pray and all of God's people said. Let's stand as we sing this song this morning.